Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, all. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show once again. I am Zach here with my co-host, Peyton. A uh, nice, fun weekend filled with sports of all kinds. NFL finally made its first weekend debut. Um, I had trouble getting my red zone started up, but that's okay. Uh, I was able to finally get it going. Was able to enjoy my Sunday, jumping between all the games. Um, you know, I'm a Ravens fan first. Unfortunately, I didn't get to really watch much of the game. I uh, surprisingly was just jumping around between all kinds of other games. So unfortunately, I missed my own team. Um, I got to watch the uh, Sicko Bowl of the weekend, the Saints and Titans instead. Uh, we can cover that later, though. What a hot mess that was. Um, let's see. Uh, exciting Saturday. Um, we start with UFC in a uh, pretty shocking upset in Australia. Sean Strickland is now your UFC middleweight champion. Uh, you know, probably one of the biggest upsets in recent memory as far as the UFC is concerned, um, especially the male side of things. Um, yeah, Izzy's game plan uh, didn't work. Sean's game plan worked. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know what Izzy was thinking. I don't know if his coaches didn't care, if he didn't care, if he's just, um, you know, like over this UFC thing now, you know. I guess as we see some fighters, their personality gets too big for the octagon. Maybe Izzy's experiencing that. Oh, regardless, props to Sean Strickland for going in there. And, um, I mean, you know, he didn't exactly do the most, but, I mean, he, he won pretty easily, at least I think. I don't think the judges screwed up at all. Uh, I mean, I think it was fair to say it was four to one across the board. Um, yeah, I'm glad to see the judge. I thought honestly, I did think one at least one of the judges was would uh would rule it in favor of Izzy, just because I don't I don't put anything past those judges. But for what it's worth, they didn't mess up this time. And like I said, we have a new UFC middleweight champion. Peyton, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, hey, congrats to Sean Strickland. Uh like you alluded to, I really don't understand Izzy's game plan. Um, he, he just let Sean walk, stalk him down the whole time. And, uh, I mean, obviously that goes a long ways in, way in the judges' minds. Like you said, I don't think Sean necessarily went out and won the fight. But uh, Izzy didn't exactly help himself either. Um, I will say this, Zach. Because I've been seeing this for months now, people calling Izzy the middleweight goat. Uh, well, you know, you know better than anybody else out there. Um, I used to be an Izzy fan. Um, dude, I just never understood that. I, to me, Anderson Silva completely blows him away in that in that conversation. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think I don't know. I think this this spectacle that is Israel. I mean, Anderson Silva. Don't get me wrong; it's a spectacle. In uh, his own right, but you know, uh, and not to say Israel Adesanya is full of antics, but that's kind of what he is. I think that's what what you know draws people into him, kind of the same way that people are uh, attracted to Sugar Sean. You know, I think Izzy, like I said, he just has a big mouth, has a fun fighting style. Um, you know, he claims to be for the people. You know, does that kind of thing. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. Like I, said, I think. And maybe recency bias has something to do with it, too. Yeah, I think that's what it mostly com- comes down to is people always, you know, people want to say that they're witnessing greatness. To me, I, that's just how I feel about it. Um, which, look, Izzy's a great, he's he's a great fighter. He's one of the best. Uh, he's up there in the, the that conversation, but I don't think he clears Anderson Silva, and I don't think it's particularly close. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And. Man, I can't, I can't believe there is ever kind of, you know, you know me, I was, I was one of probably one of the biggest Izzy haters ever since he, you know, started getting popular. That's just what I do. I, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of the fakeness and I saw right through him. Anyways, uh, I can't believe people thought that, you know, a, a fight between him and John Jones would be close. Maybe, no, maybe I, Izzy like three years ago, it would have been close, but I think John Jones clears him. Regardless, uh, <laughs> I think Adesanya fans as a whole are kind of really. And like I said, I, I used to be an Adesanya fan. Past few fights, man, I I don't, I don't know. He's just kind of corny to me now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But Chinese um, king. Yeah, but you know, you know, uh, 
I was never the biggest. I mean, I was a big fan of him, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't blinded by. I, I don't know. I think I feel like a lot of it, Adesanya fans are kind of blinded by recency bias or their love for the guy. John Jones would have wiped the floor with that guy, and it wouldn't have been particularly close. John Jones would have thrown him out the octagon, then like got on top of the octagon and dropped a people's elbow on him, or like a flying like Shawn Michaels elbow on him. Um, I mean, really, yeah. like I don't even understand where people have an argument there. Me neither. Trust me, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, like, you know, I'm a huge John Jones fan, so maybe I'm biased. And plus, I really don't like Izzy Adesanya. But enough for the main event. We can go ahead and, uh, or unless you want to wrap it up really quick, and we can move on to the other fights. Yeah, I mean, uh, admittedly, I didn't really watch a whole lot of the fights this weekend. I was watching more college football, so I'll let you kind of take control, like not take control, but take over on that. Front. Yeah, that's fine. Yep, let da- let Daddy handle it. So we'll start <laughs> off in the uh, prelims. Uh, two first round submissions to start off the card. We had Kevin Jusay submit. I'm sorry, Kiefer Crosby uh, via rear naked choke. Uh, pretty late in the first round, and then we had Gabe Miranda get Shane Young out of there with a rear naked choke in the first round. Um, I think I may have I may have said Shane Young was going to win, but let 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 the record show, and Peyton can back me up on this. After seeing the weigh-ins, I changed my mind immediately. <laughs> immediately, you can look at my bet slip. I did not support Shane Young, so um, yeah, like I said, let let the let the record show. Uh, you know, Shane Young was a joke to me. And uh, <laughs> I never picked him to win. Anyways, uh, moving on to three less entertaining fights. I say that just as far as the outcome was. Uh, Charles Radke defeated uh, Blood Diamond via decision. Uh, both of the guys got beat up pretty bad in there. But as we expected, Blood Diamond just, you know, isn't you know true UFC caliber. So uh, he falls to three and three. Uh, moving on to the next fight, we had Hawk Pross go up against Keanu, uh, Kianonis. Uh, another decision win for Hawk Pross there. Uh, he's uh, able to land the bigger shots. I think that's what it got him the, I think it was a 30-27 to 27 across the board from all the judges. So, yeah, give him the unanimous decision win. Then we got up to a more decently, I guess, entertaining fight with uh, Malarkey and McDessey. Uh, Malarkey wins via decision, unanimous. So um, Malarkey keeps climbing the rankings, uh, climbing up in people's hearts. Uh, you know, I think he's he's got a little nice nice little hype train behind him now. I think he's going to be fighting bigger names. So uh, a name to watch out for the future. Um, and then we had to uh, got to a fight that ended. I mean, I guess you know, good for Morascal. Uh, he he uh, threw Jack Jenkins, did like a judo throw to him, and you know Jenkins. Unfortunately, he kind of like locked up his right side as he hit the ground. So I think he dislocated his shoulder, I believe. And uh, unfortunately, fight had to be stopped right there. So give him a rascal. I think it counted. I think it counts as a KO. Um, yeah, it, uh, yes, it does. It's like a TKO KO. So it wouldn't be give like that a doctor to stoppage type of thing. Uh uh-uh. uh. Since it was since it was the middle of the round, and um, yeah, no, I think uh. You know, and it just stopped right there. Like I'm reading on Tapology right now. This is a verbal tap out from arm injury. K-O-T-K-O. So, yep. And then uh, getting up to the more interesting fights uh, for what this card, I guess, for what it's worth. And I say this is inter- interesting just because I'm a Carlos Olberg fan, like most people. Uh, Olberg gets a rear naked choke submission. Round three, he gets Donald Jung. So, um, John- Donald Jung, once again, starts to look a little... Worse for the wear here. He's really falling down the rankings here. Uh, maybe cut soon. I don't know. But uh, Carlos Olberg, his hype still continues to climb. He's now 9-1 in the UFC. And um, once again, that's another guy to look out for. He may be fighting bigger names in the future. Making our way to the main card, uh, we have Tyson Pedro versus Pleasure Man. Wasn't particularly close. Pedro, you know, as we talked about, it was first round Pedro or Pleasure Man second or third round. Pedro came out there, landed some clean shots against Pleasure Man, got him out of there. Uh, then we move on to a rematch. Our second fight in the main card, Tafa versus Lane. Uh, yeah, that fight pretty much picked up where I left off of uh, a couple months ago. Tafa got a nice left hook and then uh, got the ground and pound to finish all uh, Lane. Move on to... 
what I thought was going to be a pretty entertaining fight. Ended up, yes, definitely being an entertaining fight. Um, no cop versus Felipe Dos Santos. Uh, I'm impressed with Dos Santos. I gotta say, he made it. He made it very interesting with Cop. You know, I think Cop made uh 130 to 27 on all the cards. But for what it's worth, for such a huge step up in competition for Dos Santos, he he showed out. He he impressed me a lot. And uh, I mean, Minicop was um. He wasn't dropping him left and right, but boy, he was he was putting him in a bond. He did get dropped a couple of times, but he'd hop right back up, and then he was catching cop with a couple of his own. So yeah, um, I'm happy. I think you know, you know, Dos Santos, you came in as a pretty heavy underdog. You weren't expected to win, but you still uh, kind of got kind of got a win in your book. I think at least uh, I know yeah, you're seven to one now, sure. but yeah, absolutely. And like I said, UFC doesn't take that lightly. You know, someone who comes in a short notice. And you know you're not putting you're not really put in a position to win, but uh, you know UFC obviously appreciates you, and will look heavily in your favor if you ever you know want like a bigger fight or you want to fight someone specific. Uh, you're the man now, at least to Dana White. Um, moving on to the co-main in the heavyweight division, uh, unfortunately our guy tied to Ivasa couldn't get Volkov out of there. Yeah, you know, even more unfortunate. I don't even think he caught him once. I think Volkov learned from the Derek Lewis experience uh, to keep it at a distance, if at all possible. Um, and, you know, Ty was trying – I will say Ty was, you know, trying to uh, cut the tree down. He kept uh, – you know, Volkov loves to leave his leg out there. Tuivasa kept chopping at it, but uh, Volkov just withstood it and was able to keep the distance. Peace tied Tuivasa up. Like I said, wasn't really particularly close. Uh, got tied down and ended up submitting him with his equal choke. And uh, moving on to the main event, that which we already touched on, uh, for the middleweight championship, uh, Sean Strickland upsets Israel Adesanya for a decision. Uh, like I said, Izzy spent most of this, most of this. Uh, sorry, I um, had a trade offer in my fantasy league. Um, we talk about that later. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean Israel Adesanya, he was backing up most of the fight, and I get it. That's kind of part of his game. He loves he loves to pick out his counters, and he's more. Against some fighters, at least, he's more particular about what strikes he throws, when he throws them. I get it. But um, going up against such a, like a heavy heavy boxer, Sean Strickland, who is just, you know, a tank. He, he just moves forward as the aggressor. I mean, I don't, I don't know I don't know how you lost this fight as you're out of – I mean, I get how you lost. You didn't really have a good game plan. You just looked like the timid opponent in there. You didn't look like a champion. Say it like I'll put it like that. Uh, Sean Strickland got in there. Like I said, he didn't really do. He really wasn't like you know championship material either. At the end of the day, he beat the champion, beat him fair and square, pretty soundly too. At least I think so. Uh, yeah, new middleweight champion. Don't know what's next. I know Duplessis. We we assumed that was just going to be the next match for Adesanya. Maybe it will be, but it's hard to see a world where Adesanya doesn't get just an immediate rematch with Strickland. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's hard. Also, hard to see that. a world. What's that? I think Dana actually said that that it's hard to see any any other avenue other than a immediate rematch, which I have my own thoughts on. Um, do I? Okay, now do, I will say this: Do I think Adesanya deserves an immediate rematch? Yeah, absolutely. Dude's cleared out the division pretty much. So, who else is there? You know. Um, but on the other hand, if you're gonna give it. Is he an immediate rematch? You have to get Aljo an immediate rematch. Like I, I, I mean, come on now. Come on. Right? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's hard. To, I mean, I, obviously, like I said, Dana White loves his his, his little superstars. Uh, Israel Adesanya being one of them. Sean Strickland. I mean, not Sean Strickland. Here Sean we go. Yeah, no, it's the takeover of the Sean. Sean O'Malley being another one. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's hard. It is hard to see because I mean it's not even apples to oranges; it's apples to apples right there. What you're comparing? Um, yeah, I mean, two guys that were in that conversation for the greatest of all time in their division. Uh, Aljo was getting up there in that conversation. Is he getting up there in that conversation? They both kind of cleared out the division in a way, like all the best guys, and and then you give one an immediate rematch and not the other. I don't know. Right, and you know, you know, Sean Strickland and Israel Adesanya would be about it, but you know, I'm sure you saw. Um, I think Aljo was there on the uh, sideline, sidelines, you know, in the crowd, and they like panned to him or whatever. And on his phone, he said, "Hey, like, hey, sugar rematch?" Like question mark, and with like a bunch of money bags, and um, then Sugar replied and said, "No," or like, "No, lol," or something. So, kind of weird, you know. You hate to see that for your new champion, or you know. 
like I'll, Sean's funny. Don't get me wrong. Sugar Sean, that is. Sugar Sean O'Malley, that is. Yeah, Hold on, wait, he really said that? Yeah. He re- like, was like no I said, out. No, like Aljo was in the crowd. So, right, he said, Sugar rematch, question mark, with a bunch of money bags. And then Sugar took it, like, got someone to take a picture of him holding his phone, like Snapchat, you know, and he wrote no. And now, I mean, that was it. That was just his response. So, you know, mm-hmm. hate to see that for your new champion. Like I said, not really a good look. Because, um, like I said, it's, it's rare to see, you know, whenever a new champion, you know, that's, that's kind of like the christening of the new champion. Like, if you're really a true champion, you go out and beat the guy again who you took the belt from. I mean, even Kamar Usman, who got knocked, you know, who got flatlined the first time he fought Leon Edwards. But he got a rematch. Leon. Yeah. And Leon, even, I mean, if I was Leon, I might not want to agree to that fight, but Leon was more than happy to agree to it. Yeah, exactly. Cause, I mean, usually, like I so said, you're a champion, you want to prove it. You want to be like, okay, like let's shut the doubters up. You know, and uh, I know Sean Strickland's going to be about it. And like I so said, Israel definitely wants to rematch, and Dana wants to see it happen. And um, Dana almost wouldn't surprise me if that's like a fight they make in January. I don't know like what the headline for like the January or February card is. But you know, Izzy loves to fight very um, frequently. Yeah, you know, Sean would definitely be about it. Guys. Yeah, um, like I mean, I would, I would say like he'd fight in December, but I think there's a who's fighting in December. John Jones. That's not November. Yeah, it, might, it might be November. It might be. It might yeah, but anyways, I don't know if there's a uh, main event for the December card, but if there is, it's hard. It's hard to see a uh, a card that is. I know Sean wouldn't care. Sean, like if it's Sean says so, he's like, yeah, let's do it on this card. Um, hey, isn't there somebody that John like refuses to fight on the same card as? I'm trying to think. I've drawn a blank of who it is. Like they want, they want to fight Connor. In, no, I don't think it's Connor. Uh, Daniel Cormier. <laughs> no, no, I don't even think it's somebody in his division. Uh, dude, I. Man, I cannot remember. Izzy. For the life of me. Nah, it ain't Izzy. I don't think him and Izzy have bad blood. Uh, Brennan Marina. Dude, I don't know. I don't think it's a championship guy. I, I could be wrong. But I, I know there Pleasure are man. rumors. <laughs> Let me, I'm about to look that up. Yeah, look it up. Let me know what you find. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, we have it once again uh, wrapping up the UFC here. Uh, 293, a shocker for everyone. Israel Adesanya loses his belt um, via Sean Strickland domination. So, kind of a crazy, you know, uh, crazy main event. Sense. And um, even Izzy, Izzy got, uh, I'll say this one thing, I'll let you talk. And, uh, you know, first round, I thought Sean was going to get a knockout win, you know. Uh, I mean, Sean got a huge knockdown on Izzy, which I think was the first recorded knockdown for Izzy, or, you know what I mean, against Izzy. And, um, like, Sean landed, like, 25 just, like, hooks in a row. I mean, Izzy was just – he was taking them, you know, and like, he was conscious. But, I mean, man, um, I'd say half the refs in the UFC stopped that fight right there. Uh, props to the ref. Ah, man, I forgot who uh, who was ref in the fight. Um, well, I think Izzy did give a thumbs up. Not that that matters, really. But if you're conscious enough to turn to the, the ref and tell him, hey, I'm good, maybe, uh, maybe that swayed his decision to not stop it. I don't know. But yeah, I'm with you. A lot of a lot of referees, aside from like Herb Jones, who let Yair Rodriguez just get pounded on by uh, Volkanovski. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, like I said, it's, I'm it's, convinced it's, Herb Jones wants to see somebody die in the octagon. You mean Herb Dean? But uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, Herb Jones, the Pelican <laughs> player. Yes, I, know, I understand. I said, I, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I know NBA is right around the corner. I get it. But, um, <laughs> There's not a whole lot of people named Herb. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I understand. I understand. <laughs> like, so you talk about Herb Jones more than you talk about Herb Dean. Listen, being a Pelicans fan, so, I mean, I totally get it. Just uh, for, yeah. what is it called? Forging, forging slip. You know, whenever you say something, like uh, Shannon Sharp, you know, the other day on a uh, first day. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Skip. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Oh, what you just call me? Seven, it's been seven years, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen A. It's been seven years. Mm. Uh, great stuff. But um, yeah, what'd you find? What'd you find on uh, John Jones? So we can wrap up UFC. So, yeah, so it actually makes sense. So it's actually a, a fighter that you were just talking about that hasn't fought and defended his belt in a while. 
Let me think. Let me think. I was just talking about him. We were talking about him fighting somebody else, and you were really talking about like the other guy. It was Leon Edwards. Um, oh, Obi wants that fight. I think Dana wants that fight. And what, Leon Edwards versus Kobe. John Jones? No, Kobe and Leon. <laughs> I know. I'm joking. Oh, dude. Um, oh, yes. I know you seen you seen the memes with the white guy take over. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I saw I saw one today, and it was like just one more left. Yeah, two out of three. One more, like two down, <laughs> one more to go. It has just yes. Colby Covington flexion with the belt on. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. But yeah, John Jones apparently hates him and doesn't want to fight on the same card as him. So that's what's holding that fight up. Oh. Which that is a fight that I'm very interested in because I'm curious to see how Leon deals with Colby's constant pressure. Yeah, and a totally different um, fight than we've seen Leon have at least in the at least in the recent years. Um, I mean, totally yeah, that, different that, fighter. That. That approach. I mean, Kobe, Kobe, I'm sorry, Kobe Covington will, given the opportunity, will win a fight via domination. I know his fights aren't exactly. I feel like his fights are exciting just because he actually does have that power. And um, oh yeah, and I he's, mean, he's, you know, it's, he's, it's he's such, an all-American wrestler. It's not like yeah, I was about to say, and it's it's fun. It's fun. I think at least to watch. I know some people really hate hate that part of the MMA, but I think that's the beauty of the MMA actually. Um, like so seeing someone who actually wrestles well, like, you know, obviously like, people, whenever they grapple and get up against the cage and it's just like, they, they you can just see them taking a break on each other. You know, I'm not a big yeah, fan I of that. I'm not, yeah, I'm not either. You know, but like Kobe Covington, he's fun to watch. Cause it is just like constant um, working. Yeah. It's yes. And it's, it's like, I mean, he, any angle, I mean, he'll, he'll find a way to take you down or at least get you. Up against the cage, and he'll—I mean, he—he he never stops working. Yeah, but, and then um, when he when he knows he doesn't have a takedown, he'll just come up throwing elbows and go right back down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's incredible cardio. Yeah, I know, dude. That's the one thing I think. You know, pound for pound, Colby Covington may have the best cardio in the UFC. Him and um, um Rob. Yep. Which, oh man! Hey, guess what? It's a similar style, very similar style. Mm-hmm. I mean that that it's kind of weird that you don't see. Oh, I say that. I say it's kind of weird you don't see more people do that. But I mean, it takes like a third long to do so. So I guess yeah. it's not so different. It's not so weird that you don't see people. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, that'll recap UFC 293. We should have a much more interesting pay per view the next time we talk about one. That's UFC 294. Um, you know, there should be a lot more interesting matchups. At least I should say. Uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun one. I forgot. Um, I don't know when when is UFC two ninety four twenty first. I'm seeing, and that'll be in Abu Dhabi. Oh, that'll be on fight. No, is that gonna be on Fight Island? I'm so used to their fights in Abu Dhabi being on Fight Island, but um, yeah. Anyways, for what it's worth, it'll be Makachev uh versus Olivier too for the Which lightweight could championship. Banger, could be total domination. Yeah, I know, and I'd like to err on the side that it should be a banger. I know people hate Makachev, so um, some people hate Oliveira too, man. I don't understand that. Those, I don't hate Makachev. I think a lot of people just look at Makachev as kind of like a Habib, and they might be Connor fans, but I mean, he's a totally different guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and um. It's fine. I mean, I'm looking at the card right now. Uh, Chimaev and Costa. Man, I, I really hope. I know this fight's so long, so far out that I'm afraid. I'm actually pretty afraid that some of these fights aren't going to happen. Just because, I mean, I can just see every time we get like a stacked card, it's just um, you always see like, oh, canceled, you know, <laughs> or like, oh, yeah, out, you know, you Chimaev know. already has a bad rap of missing weight. Now that wasn't welterweight, not. Middleweight, yeah, not, yeah, I do. Costa does too. Middleweight, middleweight. yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Hey, they they may just have to agree to a catch weight, like at one ninety or one ninety five or something. Yeah, no. Which I I will be interested to see that fight. I mean, I know Costa's not wrestler, Mm -hmm. but his size could give Cosmot some uh, some some trouble. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially um, 
you know, uh, who, where was it? His last fight was against, oh, God, it's been was a while. No, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, Chamav. Um, I think it was Holland. Yeah, it, it was uh, earlier. No, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, exactly last a year, year ago, actually, to the day. On the uh, DS. Yeah, because that's right. That's the uh, card <laughs> where, um, like, everyone he was missing weight. Probably. And so everyone had, like, everyone had to, like, switch fighters. Yes. Um, but yeah, and um, and before that, it was the uh, banger versus Gilbert Burns. So, yeah. I, to me, I think the UFC might have suspended Jemayev after that, being that he hadn't hasn't fought in a year. Yeah, I don't know, like, give him give him a year to get his like you know get his stuff straight. So uh, maybe. Not sure. I mean, not sure. But anyways, that should be. Exciting. If I'm not mistaken, he missed weight by like. Oh, yeah, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Yeah. And he, like, laughed it off. Yeah. I know Dana does not like that at all, so. Did you see what Daniel Cormier had to say about uh, Izzy? No, I didn't. He said, I'm reading the how headlines on Topology, but he said um, Izzy doesn't, reserve, doesn't deserve a rematch and that the division needs to move on from him. Hey, mate, that might be the that might be the move. I don't know. I know, honestly. I would that's and that's what I'm saying. I'd almost I hate hate it for Duplessis, but I'd almost rather see Izzy and Duplessis still fight before Sean has to rematch Izzy. If that makes sense, you know. I, and I kind of hate that for Izzy, I guess, because you know it's like we're discussing the whole re- championship rematch thing. But um, yeah, I was I was really interested in that fight, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, is he losing to Sean Strickland of all people? Really, I know, I know. That's not a good loss, man. Oh no, no! I hate to say any loss is a good loss, but some are definitely worse than others. (laughs) Yeah, and that's you know, I'm not not saying Sean Strickland. Oh, sorry, I'm not saying Sean Strickland is a slouch, but you know, we talk about it all the time that. Oh, there's levels to this thing. Sorry, I was getting up to turn on my ceiling fan. Yeah, we talk about all the time that there's levels to this thing. I can't tell you how confident I was in, in Izzy winning just because I didn't think Sean stood a chance. But like I said, this is the Izzy we saw last night was not terrible. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was bad. He, he's not the Izzy I expected to see out there. He's not championship Izzy. No. Um, well, I mean that is championship, is yeah, I guess in a way. Like when he when he's holding the belt, the dude's like one of the most boring fighters in the UFC. I hate to say yeah. it. His striking's on another level, sure, but it's not like he's going and he's trying to make a name for himself. At this point, I mean he's just sitting back and trying to point his way to a victory. And when somebody's that aggressive like Sean Strickland is, you can't do that. I mean, if you call yourself the style bender. You have to be able to fight different styles, and he he just showed last night that he can't do it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, undoubtedly. But um, yeah, I think that'll do it for UFC. You know, we talked a lot longer than I think either of us intended on, so we can move on to uh, let's say you NCAA football week yeah, two since I spent, action. Yes, yeah, I spent most of the day Saturday watching a lot of games. Uh, you know, I had some some impressive games some. Very unimpressive things that I saw uh, from my team in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. Oh, I wonder what ever happened to that Grambling kid. Anyways, yeah, there was some. Um, I was trying to do my best to jump around between all the games yesterday, as well. And um, like I said, definitely some good ones and definitely some uh, some head scratchers of games out there. Uh, some teams that did well, teams that disappointed, um, teams that got exposed, if you will, and. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think most of the teams did what they had to do, and uh, have the AP poll in front of me. I wish oh, I hate ESPN whenever they put out the poll like that. Clicked on the wrong thing. Let me look at it like this. There we go. AP poll week three. Yes. Um, and yeah, we had some uh, some good risers and some good followers in the AP poll. Um, but I'll let you. I'll let you get started. Uh, if you want to start with, I don't know what game you want to start with. I know there's a good, good bit of interesting ones. Yeah, I'll start uh, with. Uh, I think the biggest game of the week was Texas and Alabama. Um, I think a lot of people would agree with me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Alabama lost at home to Texas, and 
to be quite frank, I mean, the scoreboard shows it was somewhat close, but dude, it wasn't. I mean, mm-hmm. Texas, Texas O line, D line, just absolutely dominated Alabama. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I can't tell you the last time I saw that for a Nick Saban coach team. Um, it's been a while, man. Like, oh, uh, yeah. I know a lot of people were saying, "Hey, it's the end of the uh, the dynasty." And to, to an extent, I was like, "Yeah, I can see it," but. Then again, like, I mean, it's Nick Saban, dude. Like, like, you really think he's not going to be able to adjust. But seeing the quarterback play, seeing um, seeing how they, they played Saturday, yeah, I think it really is truly the beginning of the end for him. Not even mm-hmm. the beginning, uh, really. I mean, you can see the cracks right now. Uh, oh, yeah. They don't look good, dude. They don't look good at all. And Texas, obviously – with NIL coming into play, Texas can pay a lot of money for some of these players. And, you know, I thought it was interesting. Um, as an LSU fan, I do follow a lot of recruiting. Um, we're not even in the – we're not even, uh, like, going after the same players anymore. I think Texas has scared Bama off so much recruiting-wise that, like, Bama's not even recruiting the same players as we are from Texas and from, like, Western Louisiana, which is insane. I mean, Bama. Let's let's be let's keep it let's keep it real here. Bama made a dynasty out of a lot of Louisiana players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think you even you even mentioned it. Uh, Tulane. Uh, you know, I mean, they obviously they shop around and stayed a good bit. And, uh, yeah, and I, I texted you Saturday about. I mean. It, shortcomings of Ed Ogeron, I think a lot of it hinged on in-state recruiting, letting a lot of those diamond-in-the-rough type of players uh, f- slip through his fingers. I mean, oh, yeah. you look at guys that have come through uh, LSU, like Tyron Matthew, I mean, they're not – those aren't highly recruited guys. Uh, losing a three-star is is a lot of times a four- or five-star in another state or if they mm-hmm. go to camps, like – that's the big thing. A lot of losing kids don't go to camps a lot. So, man, I, I, it's just – it's really frustrating to see some of these losing kids as an LSU fan and, and you see them playing for a team like Tulane where, I mean, like I just said, normally they're at LSU. Um, and they're just not, man. I mean, like Tulane's defensive line, their water receiver Jaquan Jackson, I mean, those are – a lot of those kids are losing their guys, and they're just not getting picked up by LSU. Now, I will say this. Brian Kelly is doing a lot better job at that, um, and I'm happy about that. But we'll, 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 we'll get to LSU in a second. But um, for now, I mean, look, Alabama, the dynasty is coming to an end. I've, I've held off on saying that for long enough. It's, it's coming to an end, man. I, there's no other way around it. Um, Alabama fans can come for me if they want, but I mean, dude, it's there. It, it, it's it. That's it. It's over. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think the writing's on the wall for Alabama, and I think me and you kind of called it. I mean, I know you said you had Alabama winning the SEC West, and um, which I mean, they still very may, very may will. Sorry, West is wide um, open. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it seemed like Alabama's who they're taking now. They lose in a dominant fashion to Texas. It's um, you know, it makes you. Want, I mean, at the end of the day. I think the the LSU loss is just as bad as the Alabama loss uh, to two great teams. Uh, like I said, the current three ranked and the current four ranked teams in Florida State and Texas, respectively. Um, like I said, uh, LSU loses to Florida State. Alabama loses to Texas. Um, but both in dominant fashion. Uh, like I said, I know the scores don't reflect it otherwise. But, you know, um, you know, take the good with the bad for LSU. They had a pretty good first half against Florida State for what it's, for what it's worth. And they um, and you know they they took the buses out of there at halftime, and then you know Alabama, like I said, the whole game it was just it was it was weird seeing an Alabama team struggle to get going at home. Um, and I don't think we're not I don't think we're mentioning that enough. Uh, the fact that it's at home, it's so weird. It was weird. That place was quiet. I mean, people were heading out the you know heading out the doors halfway through the fourth. It was like it's like what's going I mean, what's going on? Yeah, that's a but, um, that's a like Alabama opponent thing leaving it. Mm-hmm. Even in the third quarter or fourth, early fourth quarter, it's not Alabama thing. Alabama fans don't leave that early. 
That's no, no. The last time it happened, Nick Saban like tore him a new one, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, it's like I said, it's definitely weird seeing Alabama in the state. But I think me and you kind of touched on it. That it was definitely a possibility this season. And uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and say Alabama's about to, you know, finish with three or four losses. I still see, I still think that's far out of the picture. Um, but you know, I think, like I said, for what it's worth, um, this shows that Alabama. There's no need to be afraid of Alabama anymore. I think that's just the best way I can put it. You don't have to like. I think you can you can genuinely think, okay, we have a chance at beating Alabama this year. I mean, several teams have done it the past few seasons now. You know, it's just they're not them anymore. But uh, that's that's my two cents about it, at least. Yeah, I mean, they're just not the same team, dude. It, it's crazy thinking that a Nick Saban team could have just gotten dominated defensively, offensively, everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I haven't ever seen that from a Nick Saban team. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's truly the end of an era. So, yep, I agree. But, um, any other games that uh, piqued your interest this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I watched the entirety of the Ole Miss-Tulane game. Uh, obviously, Tulane fan. Uh, I root for all – that's I think I said that earlier this this year on one of the podcasts. I root for all the Louisiana schools, man. Um always want to see them succeed. So um it was good mm-hmm. to see Tulane really hang in there and honestly just dominate uh Ole Miss at times. Yeah, I agree. They had they had Jackson Dart looking like an amateur. I mean, I, I, he is an amateur, but you know what I mean. Um, a guy who is you know highly you know highly uh, praised for his abilities. Um, they made him look like a clown out there, at least for the first half. I know once again it's one of those things where the score doesn't reflect the actual outcome of the game. I'm sorry, the score doesn't reflect how the game played out because you know the um, the wheels just really fell off for Tulane towards the end. But uh, it was preparation mode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like I said, it's, and I mean, and it sucks. Let's let's be honest here. Um, like I said, I guess I'm like I'm still really getting into the college world of things, so I didn't realize how big of a loss Michael Pratt would be. Um, you know, I didn't exactly shrug it off. I mean, it kind of sucked, but I was like, oh, I mean, you know, the backup should be, I mean, should be able to kind of get in there and you know at least not have the ship sink. You know, at least keep it floating. But uh, no, that really wasn't the case. He kind of struggled all game. Like I guess I'm used to NFL where backups are, you know, professional quality still. And well, um, I mean, Kai Horton came in. He made some some really nice plays, uh, really nice plays. But obviously, in the in the second half, Ole Miss buckled down, made some really good adjustments, and and ultimately really shut them down in the second half. I think they only had three points in the second half. Yeah, definitely. And um, like I said, good for Ole Miss for being able to make the adjustments and run away with it at the end. And uh, I mean, also good for Tulane for I know we mentioned it their front seven already was um I mean absolutely dominant. It, I mean they they made Ole Miss and like I said, I mean I know being you both agree that Ole Miss's own line isn't uh you know like S tier quality, but at the end of the day they're an O line that plays in the Southeastern Conference, um, and you know they're not. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know how to put this. The, the, the old Miss O-line is nothing to, you know, laugh at. Like, them being dominated by Tulane was it was impressive by Tulane, I should say. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, for, I mean, an O-line that usually, like I said, um, usually makes Jackson Dart look like the guy he is. I mean, Jackson was put under uh, pressure, I mean, more times than he wasn't. Uh so, I mean, yeah, really good showing by the Tulane defense. I know once again, I think what, it was like 37 or something points Ole Miss scored. But, no, like I said, that's not really a direct direct reflection of the defense, yeah, I think. I think. A, what is it, was it a pick six or a scoop and score at the end? Yeah, and like it's just – well, you, you touched on it already. It was just Tulane having to, you know, like out of options. You got to do what you got to do, um, go out swinging kind of thing. But um yeah good good for both teams uh you know I think Tulane drops out of the, dropped out of the rankings Ole Miss shot up a couple of spots for what that's, that's worth fair yeah but I think it was, I think it was also one of those things where I think the voters may have been looking for a reason to push Tulane out but um <laughs> Tulane's got like seventeen points now um 
Mm. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to like compare them. Uh, Wisconsin's got ten. Uh, I say points by like vote points. Uh, Iowa. This is the AP poll, by the way, not the coaches poll. Yeah, yeah, no, um, no. What twenty-four? Twenty-four is UCLA. The four, the first four in are actually well. I, I kind of just said it. They're the first four in. They weren't ranked last week. It's Iowa at twenty-five, UCLA at twenty-four, Washington State at twenty-three, and Miami at twenty-two. So Wisconsin, Clemson, Tulane, Texas A&M all got dropped. I see you must have some thoughts about that. I'm trying to think. <laughs> oh, and North Carolina, by the way, dropped four spots. Granted, I will say um, kind of a combination of things had to happen there. Um, the teams below them played very well, and they didn't play all that well. So, you know, it was kind of a combination of North Carolina dropping and also other teams just, you know, going up. So, like, if you get what I'm saying, North Carolina dropped four spots, but Ole Miss jumped three and Colorado jumped seven. Oregon State jumped two. Uh, Oregon State 16, Ole Miss 17, Colorado 18. Oklahoma dropped to 19, two spots. Two spots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, North Carolina dropped four spots, and Duke is up at 21. Like I said, um, obviously, you know, these rankings can also just be a reflection of how other teams around them do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, this is why I don't look at – this is why I don't even freaking look at the rankings until like yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, or at least whenever those, the college football playoff rankings come out, it'll be like that's your main one you're really concerned about at this point. Yeah. Should be the only one you're concerned about, I guess, being a, uh, being a college football fan. But – can move on to let's see. Oh, another good game. Um, yeah, Miami and Texas A and M. Another good game that we should move on to. So yeah, Miami beats Texas A and M uh, pretty handedly. Uh, I mean, I think it was a close game back and forth. I uh, unfortunately wasn't able to watch it all that much, but um, Miami was. I know they were underdogs, and they ended up winning by fourteen. I'm sorry, fifteen points, forty-eight to thirty-three. I said pretty pretty, you know, dominant fashion against Texas A&M. And uh, unfortunately, my co-host Peyton had to dip out uh, unwillingly for a second. The uh, programmer used crapped out. So it's just me for the foreseeable future, at least until he gets his working again, if he can. So, yeah, uh, I know, like I said, Peyton would be upset because I know he had, like, a lot of money riding on this game. It was his first weekend getting into the betting world, and unfortunately, he got screwed. Uh, you know, uh, that's a nice little welcome to the betting world because that's all that's ever going to happen. So, yeah, um, that was a good game, though. Interesting, interesting enough. I know a lot of people are in Texas A and M, and are mainly you know fading Miami, and I get it. But for what it's worth, I thought you know Miami stood a chance. I know they're only like three point underdogs. Uh, like I said, Miami's got all the talent in the world. Maybe they're finally putting it, putting it together. But, uh, yeah, that'll wrap up college football, move on to NFL here uh, real quick. And, like I said, I don't want to um, talk too much. I know me and Peyton had a lot of uh, stuff planned, but, unfortunately, I guess the way the dice roll, won't be able to do that for today's episode. But uh, moving on, into, uh, I talked about it already, sick of game of the week, uh, Titans and Saints. Saints beat the Titans by one point. Titans go with the spread. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Um, you know, Saints fan here, but I bet on the Titans spread, and sure enough, uh, the best possible outcome happened. Saints winning, Titans covering the spread. Derek Carr, uh, stats-wise, looked like he had a good game. Uh, you know, unfortunately for the Saints fans, I think there's not too much to be impressed about. Derek Carr looks like Derek Carr. It is what it is. Uh, Ravens beat Texans by 16, 25-9. Texans, Texans were not able to get a touchdown. C.J. Stroud, uh, decently impressed in his debut. Uh, new Baltimore offense looks pretty good. Unfortunately for uh, Baltimore, they're going to be without their – Running back, once again, J.K. Dobbins, uh, torn Achilles. He's out for the season and a contract year for him. You have to feel for him. Um, a very unfortunate for him. Like it's a contract year, and I know, you know, all the running back talk lately, it's hard to see Hard to see he's going to have a bounce back in his career, unfortunately for him. Uh, pretty gifted running back, but like I said, that's just the way the dice roll, and I uh, hope he gets better soon. Um Panthers and Falcons. Falcons beat Panthers by 14. Bijan Robinson looks like, you know, a first-round pick. He does his thing. 
Um, and he he's juking people out left and right out there, breaking people's ankles. So yeah, Falcons get the win over the Panthers by two scores. Bengals Browns. Joe Burrow, highest paid quarterback, surely doesn't play like it. Uh, granted, Deshaun Watson didn't do any better. One fifty four, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, yeah, Bengals offense never really got going, but I'll give it to the Browns. Their defense looks solid out there. Like I said, maybe it was the weather. Maybe the weather had something to do with it. You know, who knows? Um, but yeah, it could all could also just be week one Joe Burrow. We all know at this point he doesn't do well um, against uh, one against the Browns and two in week one. So maybe that was it. Um, Jaguars, Colts. Jaguars beat the Colts 31-21. to Anthony Richardson impresses. I mean, he does well in his debut. Trevor Lawrence shows why he's, you know, a blooming star in the league. Uh, Calvin Ridley got over 100 yards. First game back from the gambling scandal. I say scandal, but suspension, really. 101 yards and a touchdown and eight catches. Eight catches. I think Trevor Lawrence obviously has a new favorite target in Jacksonville. Um, Once again, one of those things where the score doesn't really maybe show the whole story, because I will say I think going into the fourth, uh, end of the third, start of the fourth, the score was like 17 to 21. Colts were winning. Like I said, they were looking really good. But um, Jaguars pulled, uh, pulled out in a division game. Uh, uh, let's see, moving on to the next game, kind of a shocker. Uh, decent underdog in the Buccaneers beat the Vikings at home. Um, they're able to oust the Vikings by a field goal. Kirk Cousins looked okay. Um, main story here, obviously, is Justin Jefferson getting 150 yards on nine catches. Uh, seven of those catches and 138 of those yards came in the first half. So, uh, lackluster second half form. And Kirk Cousins, who uh, unfortunately wasn't able to get it going, wasn't able to pull out the win for the Vikings. Uh, Buccaneers look decent for what it's worth. I know a lot of people had them pegged as one of the worst teams in the league. But, um, yeah, here they are. They win their first game, kind of in a shocker upset. Um, And speaking of a shocker, 49ers and Steelers, not really a shocking outcome, but a shocking domination by the Niners against a solid Steelers defense. 30-7, to the Niners beat the Steelers. Pretty dominant. Kenny Pickett looked terrible. Terrible for what it's worth. Um, and like I said, I know people were really impressed for the, the later part of his season last season. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He didn't look all that good. I mean, he ended up getting 232 yards. But I know in the first half he had, like, major struggles. It really wasn't all that pretty. Maybe he can pick it up. Like I said, 49 defense, you know, that's kind of a tough assignment to look good on. But, uh, Christian McCaffrey gets 152 yards and a touchdown. Good for the fantasy owners out there. Um, real quick, we cover these next games. Cardinals and Commanders. Commanders beat Cardinals twenty to sixteen. Sam Howell looks decent in his, um, you know, under the new ownership for the Washington Commanders. I think you know the Commanders should be able to hold tight with him out there. Packers and Bears. Justin Fields looks terrible. Packers win thirty to twenty. I'm sorry, thirty eight to twenty. Even worse. Uh, Jordan Love arrow is in full swing. Three touchdowns for Jordan Love in two hundred and forty five yards. Like I said, Justin Fields uh, running around out there. Nine carries, fifty nine yards. Uh, moving on, Raiders and Broncos in what was a very close game. Sean Payton's first game on the, as a uh, Broncos head coach, and he loses at home against the Raiders as a uh, favorite. Uh, so not looking good for Sean Payton, era Broncos. Uh, Jimmy G looked decent in his Raiders debut, 200 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. And he may, you know, uh, Devontae Adams, everyone thought he was going to be the favorite target, but here we got Jacoby Myers <laughs> pulling in nine catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Eagles Patriots, yeah, it was it was pretty bad showing for the Patriots in the first quarter. Um, you know, turnovers, all around sloppiness gave the Eagles a 16 point advantage in the first quarter. Uh, Patriots were able to come back in the second quarter, score 14, made it a two point game going into half. But from there, the Eagles kind of dominated, had their way. Uh, for what it's worth, Mac Jones got 316 points, three touchdowns. But uh, like I said, he had a pretty bad interception there as well. But uh, speaking of a quarterback duel. We had Tua Tagovailoa getting 466 yards in the Dolphins' of victory over the Chargers in what came down to a um, pretty close game. Back and forth all the way through, uh, but Dolphins were able to get a uh, victory against the Chargers by two points. Uh, Tyreek Hill got like 200-something yards, two touchdowns, very impressive showing. Uh, I mean, we all knew the Dolphins' offense was going to do their thing, and here they are upsetting. I say upset. I'm not sure if it was an upset or not, but hey, they beat the Chargers. And uh, the last game that's been completed, Rams and Seahawks. Rams dominate the Seahawks and it's uh kind of surprising um 30 to 13 wasn't even close I think it's a Stafford I got 334 yards pretty impressive I mean no touchdowns no interceptions I mean nothing to you know write home about but I mean hey the Rams looked good all around 
good for them. Like I said, the uh, underdogs, like I said, week one, that's what you don't want to do. A little betting tip for you. Week one, NFL, is a good time to bet the underdogs. Um, as we see here, a bunch of underdogs came away with uh, outright victories. Not even just covering the spread, but outright victories. And um, speaking of a game going on right now, uh, unfortunately for Giants fans, cover your ears because right now, you know, it's the start of the fourth at the time of this recording. And uh, Cowboys are about to score again. It's 33-0 to zero right now for the Cowboys uh, playing in New York. Um, not not pretty for the Giants. Uh, not really looking good for you, but uh, Tony Pollard so far has got two touchdowns on 14 carries. Dak Prescott, uh, not really impressing. Uh, I mean, he's got 143 passing yards, and half of those are to C.D. Lamb off of four passes. So, yeah, um, yeah, you know, we had Victory Monday lined up, but I'm going to save it for Wednesday. So, Peyton has his fair shot of giving his biggest winners and losers. But, um, you know, on behalf of Peyton, I will say thank you for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you listening. And, um, you know, hopefully Wednesday we can go a full episode without uh, something crashing on us. Uh, that'd be ideal. But until then, um, you know, stay happy, stay healthy. Um, enjoy your week. Um, I know we will try. Like I said, we're off the high. That is football, NFL, college all around. And, uh, yeah, so thank you as always. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.